Thank you for joining me for worship today. Today is the third Sunday in the Advent season of the church year. Our order of service is beginning in the bulletin. We're going to open right now with Hark the Herald Angels Sing. It's hymn 350 in the new hymnal, hymn 61 in the old hymnal. Lord, have mercy on us. 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 Lord, have mercy on us.
ask you before God who searches the heart, do you confess your sins of thought, word, and deed? Are you sorry for your sins? Do you look to our Savior, Jesus Christ, for forgiveness? And with the Holy Spirit's help, do you want to correct your sinful life? Then declare so by saying, yes. Yes. Upon this confession, I, as a called servant of the word, announce to you God's grace and the forgiveness of sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Old Testament reading for this third Sunday in Advent is from Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 to 3, and verses 10 and 11. Here, Jesus describes his work for us, maybe gives us his job description. And in our gospel reading, he quotes these words. Jesus said, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord, for the display of his splendor. Isaiah replied, I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of righteousness as a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the soil makes the sprout come up and a garden causes seeds to grow, so the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before the nations. Alleluia. God the Father said, I will send my messenger, John the Baptist, ahead of you, Jesus, who will prepare the way before you. Alleluia. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Our gospel reading is from John chapter 1, verses 6 to 8 and 19 to 28. Well, this isn't Jesus quoting those words in the Old Testament. It's John talking about his work and his preparing the way so that Jesus could do his work. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. Now, there, now this was John's testimony when the Jews of Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. He did not fail to confess, but confessed freely, I am not the Christ. 
They asked him then, who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. Finally, they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of one calling in the in the desert, make straight the way for the Lord. Now some Pharisees who had been sent questioned him, Why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? I baptize with water, John replied, but among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. This all happened at Bethany and on the other side of the Jordan where John was baptizing. Let's sing our second hymn. Arise, O Christian people, hymn 310 in the new hymnal, hymn 14 in the red hymnal.
God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Amen. The word of God we want to consider today is our epistle reading from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 to 24, where the Apostle Paul was inspired to write, Be joyful always, pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not put out the Spirit's fire. Do not treat prophecies with content. Test everything. Hold on to the good. Avoid every kind of evil. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Let's bow our heads for prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, who art our strength and our salvation. Amen. My dear friends in Christ, our gospel reading for today tells us about John the Baptist. And John the Baptist, he was really quite a unique individual. It was his job to be a, a preacher, to prepare the way for the Lord. But as he prepared the way for the Lord, what he did is he withdrew away from the people out into the wilderness and he made the people come out to him. Nevertheless, the people did flock out to him. It says all the people around Jerusalem, they came out to see him. Some of them wanted to see this eccentric man, this eccentric preacher who was out in the wilderness, who wore garments made of camel's hair, who ate locust and wild honey. And some wanted to hear his message because they heard that it was a message different from what was largely proclaimed in the synagogues by the rabbis. A message which didn't focus on you must keep the law and with the sidelight there thinking you need to keep it so that you can be worthy of heaven. Instead, what John always was doing is he was calling people to repentance, calling people to see their sins, to confess their sins, to be sorry for them, to look in faith to Christ, the one who would come after John the Baptist. Because of his uniqueness, his eccentricities, we could say, John maybe could have been he maybe could have been a, a, a great cult leader and maybe he could have had a huge monstrous following as well. But it was his responsibility, he says, to make straight paths for the Lord, to focus the people's attention on the Christ, on the one who would come after him. And now what we need today is John the Baptist's message. Just like the people of John's day needed that message. That message, that encouragement to focus on Christ. To keep looking to him. 
We need to well, keep focused on Christmas and on Christ because we often talk about how our lives can get so busy that we, with our jobs, with our hobbies, with our families and with other things, they can get so busy with those things, especially at this Christmas time of the year, that we don't have time for God. Our lives can get so busy with that and life's trials and troubles, they can so consume us that, that we're so busy looking for answers, but we don't look in the right place in Christ and in his word. So today, the Apostle Paul, he's encouraging us, keep focused on Christmas and on Christ. Keep focused on Christmas and on Christ because he changes our lives, he frees us from fear, and he preserves our faith. And because that's what Christ and Christmas is all about, focusing on these aspects, focusing on the true meaning of Christmas and on Christ, that's the only thing that's going to add true, real meaning to our earthly life. God had used the Apostle Paul to establish the congregation, the Christian congregation in Thessalonica during his second missionary journey. Paul had been there scarcely three weeks when Jewish agitators forced him to leave town. They were jealous of the fact that there were so many Gentiles who were loving the message that the Apostle Paul was proclaiming. And, well, because of that, when Paul left, he really had to wonder if the Christians who were there, whether they were Jewish Christians yet or, or Gentile Christians, if those Jewish agitators, and with all of their persecuting and all the troubles that they were causing the Thessalonian Christians, he had to wonder what would happen to this fledgling congregation. He knew that they were young in the faith. He knew that those agitators would cause them all kinds of grief. So what he did is he sent Timothy, a young pastor, to encourage the people and to also to encourage the people to further teach them about the truths of God's word that Paul had only begun to teach them and then to report back to, to Paul on how the congregation was doing. Timothy's report, it brought Paul such great joy because not only were they withstanding the persecution of those agitators, what they were also doing is they were faithfully reaching out with the gospel to others throughout the whole region, not even just in Thessalonica, but in the regions around them. So Paul wrote this letter to further encourage them, to further encourage them and to express his confidence that God would be with them and would continue to build them up and strengthen them in their faith. Paul says, be joyful always. And if you think about it, one might belief that those Thessalonian Christians, they would have really every reason to despair because here they were just learning about 
Christ and the promises of God, and they had all these attacks coming against them. But they did know the example of Jesus who carried his cross in, in what we could say is joyful determination, bent on the world's salvation. They knew that they were immensely blessed because they had the gospel and persecution for Christ could only convince them that Christ was what mattered most in their lives. Paul said, pray continually. The King James Version says, pray without ceasing. People often like those words better. This encouragement reminds us really why we can be joyful always. We Christians, you are never alone. You're never alone. We always have that wonderful privilege of this direct communication with our Heavenly Father. We don't ever have to ask, God, can you hear me now? Because he always hears us. He always hears the prayers of his believing children. What we can do when we're troubled, we can, as the Apostle Peter said, we can cast all our anxiety in him because he cares for us. And when we are troubled, we can always thank God and look to him to continue to strengthen us so that we're prepared when troubles would strike us in this life. Paul said, give thanks in all circumstances. In all circumstances. Alexander White, he was a famous Scottish preacher from, from years ago who invariably would begin all of his public prayers with a word of thanks. On one cold and rainy day, the people who were listening to him were kind of wondering, well, how's he going to bring thanks out of something like this? Well, he began his prayer. We thank thee, O Lord, that it is not always like this. And when you think about what he said, like this preacher, we're blessed if we're always looking for ways to be thankful if we're always trying to figure out what we can be thankful for. And you know, we do have every reason always to be thankful because we always have a Savior. We always have his presence with us. While the worldly maybe could be discontented even when living like kings, because you never have enough. We Christians can know that the spiritual blessings we have, they far surpass the material blessings that God gives to us, and those blessings are great as they are. Because our Jesus is our Savior, we have that one thing needful that Jesus referred to when he visited Mary and Martha, and Mary sat at Jesus' feet. She had that one thing needful, and you and I have that one thing needful. 
We have every reason to be thankful and not to grumble and complain. Paul said, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Yeah, it is God's will for us to be filled with continued joy and prayer and thankfulness. And that only makes sense really when we realize how Jesus changes things in our lives. Oh, there was this man who was walking along a busy street one day when he heard a voice, a beautiful voice with its singing. That beautiful, beautiful voice was distinguished even above the noise and the honking and the screeching, whatever, of the cars. When he saw the singer, though, he was really kind of amazed because he noticed that that man, he had no legs and he was pushing himself around in a, a wheelchair. Catching up to that man, he said, I want you to know that to hear singing from a person in your condition gives everyone else a lift. And well, with a grateful smile, the singer replied, when I stopped looking at what I had lost and began concentrating on all I had left, I found so much for which I could rejoice and be happy. Likewise, when we keep focused on Christ and the true meaning of Christmas and remember how Christ has changed our lives, we were unbelievers, we were destined to eternal punishment, now we're God's believing children, we're heirs of heaven. When we recognize how God changed our lives, then our lives will be continued with, will be filled with, with prayer and joy and thanksgiving. Paul said, do not put out the Spirit's fire. When the Holy Spirit graciously calls us to to faith through Christ's work, we're freed from evil. We're heirs of heaven and the Holy Spirit, well, he's never going to leave us once we've been brought to faith, but, but he does remind us here that, Paul does remind us here that we could snuff out the Spirit's fire. We could snuff out the Spirit's fire through unbelief by turning away from God and his word, well, in, in this busy time of the year, Paul is encouraging us to, again, keep focused on Christ and on Christmas because it, it, it is so easy for us to think we don't have time for God and his word. With God and his word, we're always going to be equipped to face life's trials and troubles. But then, of course, the other side of the coin, without God and his word, without God and his word, even for the shortest time, we become like the, oh, think of the deep sea diver who's way down below the sea who all of a sudden thinks, I don't really need this oxygen tank. That deep sea diver, if he throws away the oxygen tank, he's going to be a goner very, very quickly. He couldn't survive long. 
nor can we survive spiritually for long when we don't keep focused on Christmas and on Christ and on his word. Paul said, do not treat prophecies with contempt. Prophecies just refers here to God's word. We'd be treating God's word with contempt if we denied any part of it, or if we failed to regularly hear and learn and study that word. Jesus did say, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Denying or neglecting God's word means we're in danger of losing the freedom from evil that Christ has won for us. So Paul says here, test everything, hold on to the good, avoid every kind of evil. We who have been freed from Satan, sin, death, and hell We'll want to test everything, not by the standards of what seems to make sense, what the world would tell us, but by the standard of God's word, what God's word makes, what God's word says to us. And once this test is applied to what we've heard, well, we'll want to reject anything that doesn't fall in line with God's word and hold fast to anything that does and let that build up and strengthen our faith. The Audubon Society has called attention to the senseless thoughter of thousands of sea birds due to the careless spillage of oil in the, in the oceans. And now the fact is, is that the smallest amount of oil, it'll mat the bird's flu plumage, their feathers, and destroy their insul the insulating properties of, the, of their bodies and, and interfere with the normal function of their wings during flight. And tests have proven that, a, that the small drop of oil, the size of a quarter, is really enough to work through a bird's plumage and cause certain death certain death from exposure and starvation. Likewise, Christ has freed us from evil, from Satan and sin, but if we expose ourselves to anything that's contrary to God's word and don't see the danger of being exposed to such things, to false teachings, even supposedly small amounts of false teaching, we're at risk of falling. That's why, again, we need to keep focused on Christmas and on Christ and, and on God's word. Paul says, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. What God is always working to do through his word and sacraments is to preserve and strengthen our faith. 
so may, may we continually and faithfully look to the word and the sacraments for their preserving and strengthening power. Paul says, the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. Our Lord, he'll never fail us. That's why we need to keep focused on Christmas and Christ and on God's word. Several years ago, there was a, a submarine that was being tested and it had to remain submerged quite below the surface for a long time, for many hours. When the submarine finally did end up returning to the harbor, the captain of that vessel was asked, how did the terrible storm last night affect you? Well, in surprise, the officer exclaimed, storm? We didn't even know there was one. Kind of hard to believe that they didn't know it at all, but the sub, it had been submerged so far beneath the surface of the waters, of the, of the waters that it had reached an area that is known by the, soul, by the sailors as the cushion of the sea. Although the ocean way far above was being whipped around by the wind and the waves, although that was the case, they were down there so low where the waters were not stirred. A theologian once said, the peace of God is that eternal calm which lies far too deep in praying, trusting souls to be reached by any external disturbances. Because that's true. May God help us to keep focused on Christmas and on Christ and on God's word so that life's trials and troubles never really affect us so that we always have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding so that we always know how blessed we are in Christ our Savior. Amen. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding shall keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's confess our faith with the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became fully human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, 
the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who in unity with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let's pray. Hear our prayers, Lord Jesus Christ, and come with the good news of your mighty deliverance. Drive the darkness from our hearts and fill us with your light. We pray to you, O Christ, for you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. In our prayers today, we pray thinking about Helen Higgins. She this past Wednesday was called to her eternal home. We're so thankful that in her earthly life, she was called to her eternal home on Thursday. We're so thankful that during her time here on this earth, it was her time of grace. It was her time to learn about the Savior, to be called to faith, to grow in, in the grace and love of the Savior. We're so thankful now that you've taken her home to be with you forever. We ask you now to comfort her loved ones with the hope of a blessed reunion in heaven through faith in Jesus our Savior. Please keep on dealing with all those in our congregation, dealing with different trials and troubles and, and aches and pains and and if it's your will, grant them healing, but especially keep on granting them, grant all of us, that peace of God which surpasses all understanding, that, well, cushion of the spiritual seat where we're safe and protected from all of the problems and the temptations that could ever affect us. And we gather up all other prayers we have today as we join in praying. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Let's join in singing our prayer for our country. God bless America, land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her. Through the night with the light from above, from the mountains to the prairies, to the oceans white with foam. God bless America, my home sweet home. God bless America, my home sweet home. Again, I'd say thank you for joining me.
me for worship today. Just a couple announcements to share with you. Today is Tom Spitzley's birthday. Tuesday, Rob Anderson and Bob Dubois. Wednesday, Brenda Hall. Saturday, Jim Weaker. Wednesday, we have our final Wednesday Advent service. That's at 6.30 with a soup supper beforehand at 5.30. Uh, we'll be looking at a portion of scripture with the question in it, what should we do? Thursday is Diane Kennedy's mom's funeral. That will be in Brown City. Saturday we have our Christmas practice. Well, Tuesday night we have a, a choir practice at, at 5.30. Next weekend, of course, is the Christmas weekend, and that means, well, Christmas Eve, we have our Christmas Eve children's candlelight service at 6.30, and then on Monday, we have a Christmas Day song service at 9.30 in the morning. Sunday morning, we have our regular schedule. Did tell you about Ellen Higgins being called home to heaven. Everyone else in our congregation, as far as I know, is pretty much in the same shape. Please look at the prayer list. Keep everybody in your prayers. The Lord bless and keep you always.